This is episode 279 of the Gold Squadron Podcast. I'm your host, Dion Morales, and today I'm joined by Marcel, many, many Zs, Manzano. Uh, mute button. Yeah, th those were supposed to be for Friday when I fell asleep after like round two. Uh, but it actually feels more for like today. I am so tired. Um, mm. Will, I'll be there for you. Hey, good. Dion said I had to. <laughs> Ryan, he misspoke Staniszewski. Yes, I just was informed about a time that Dion misspoke, and it was quite, quite funny. I never misspeak, sir. <laughs> Everything's intentional. Uh, as for announcements and news, a couple of things I wanted to point out. Uh, first, I got an email from my good friend, Andreas Carlson, wanting me to shout out the upcoming official world's qualifier coming to Sweden, Gothenburg. That's going to be November 5th and the 6th. That weekend, there are a, there's the Buffalo event happening. We got the Golden Gate World Qualifier. We got the, um, the Swedish World Qualifier as well. So at least three X-Wing events that we're going to have to cover after that weekend. So uh, going to be super fun. Lots of X-Wing. And of course, you if you are located in Europe, head on over to Sweden and get your X-Wing on. Uh, what is what is is there like a specific food that like Sweden is known for outside Swedish of meatballs? I, I was about to say outside uh, of sir, Swedish meatballs. Sir Strumming? That might be Norwegian, though. I don't know. It's like canned uh, can fermented fish. It's real big in that region. <laughs> Somebody said Ikea. You can't eat Ikea. I mean, I guess they have food at Ikea. You know well, what I mean? They got a restaurant, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I guess. Where anyway. They serve meatballs. They do. They do. It's kind of on the nose, uh, yes. I think. Yes. Sir, Sir Strumming is from uh, traditional Swedish cuisine. Mmm. Delicious. Um, other announcements and news. We do have an update on Project Save TTT. We got some bad news. We got some good news. But we're going to cover that after we talk to our special guests. Um, and before we do that, remember that our podcast is brought to you by our GSP patrons. Thank you to all of you who have supported. A reminder that we are switching to uh, a – we're still having four quarters worth of swag. But they are shipping twice a year, once in July and once in January to save on shipping but so that we can still get you that same amount of awesome swag sent to your mailbox. It's just a little bit spaced out. So again, thank you to patrons. If you want to become a part of that group of supporters, head to patreon.com slash gold squadron, or if you're watching live exclamation point, Patreon. Thank you. All right. So our special guest, let's head over to him. The champion of Korriban, Andrew Cox. Hello, everybody. All right. So Andrew, for... People who don't know, have never heard the name, maybe they're newer to the X-Wing community. Uh, tell us your X-Wing origin story. Oh, man, that goes a ways back. So I started, so I actually remember uh, the first tournament I ever watched was um, right when I got in, was right after Jumpmasters came out. And I believe someone on the pad podcast won a big tournament. With uh, Jump Masters, Marcel? Some guys. Right. I won with a par party bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So I think that was like the first thing I ever played because that was the first time I watched. Uh, but yeah, it was right after Jump Masters released. Um, I'd been going to like a board game meetup and a couple of my friends from that uh, introduced me to X-Wing. We went back and like played a couple games at a friend's house and there was a miniature Mart sale and I went and spent like $300 the next day. I was in love. Like I, I, I fell in love and started uh, playing locals and that, you know, the path turned from locals into store champs into national tournaments into worlds and all the crazy stuff. So yeah, I've been to three or four worlds now. I don't know. It all runs together, but all the way back in 1.0 is when I started. Awesome, man. So uh, this weekend we had the Korriban Galactic Qualifiers, the fourth of five qualifiers. And um, man, be, I, I will say winning winning one of those is not easy, especially when you're playing out of your own time zone. right? A lot of people sometimes don't realize like that was a European time zone event. How would you handle the stamina part? Uh, well, you know, we had a game plan of like when to go to sleep and when to wake up and – None of that happened, obviously. Um, I think I went to sleep at like 11 on uh, Friday night and woke up at 2 a.m. Uh, I'm East Coast U.S., so mm -hmm. I was up at 2 uh, on um, on Friday or on Saturday and then tried to go to bed early on I try. I was trying to stay up on Saturday to go to bed early, so yep. I would have a normal bed. Nope, I passed out like twice uh, in the middle of Saturday, so I didn't get to sleep until like. 11 or midnight and i got another couple hours of sleep woke up at 2 30 on sunday uh it was rough it was rough red lots of red bull sponsored by red bull <laughs> <laughs> there it is there it is so uh first i want to next i want to ask you about what you play what was your list that brought you to the championship yeah, so this is the same list that um, my teammate Travis and I both took to Nova. Uh, that's where all this kind of originated. Um, I hadn't really, I haven't really played X-Wing in like a couple of years. I took a long break over the pandemic. Um, I came back right kind of when 2.5 had started to get introduced and played a little bit of um, locally. But uh, this was kind of my first, Nova was my first step back into like actually getting out and competing again. Um, so we did probably like, three-ish weeks of prep before Nova. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not a list builder at all. Uh, I just get really smart people around me that tell me what's good. Um, so credit goes to uh, Chris. Uh, Chris Allen's probably the one that gets the most credit that put us on this list. He was like, guys, this is just the best list. It's not even close. Uh, and then we just made it better. So um, yeah, that's kind of where it started. Awesome. So that ended up being uh, so that's Kylo Ren in the Thai Whisper, Extreme Maneuvers, Instinctive Aim, Predator, Concussion Missiles, Sensor Scramblers, Malrus with Concussion Missiles, Scorch with Shield Upgrade, uh, and then we have of course the the two bombers. We got Dread with Electro Chaff, Skilled Bombardier, Prox Mines, and then Grudge with Daredevil, Electro Chaff, Proximity Mines, and Engine Upgrade, and like. Why – let me go back. The first Galactic Qualifier was won by the same ships, the same pilots, but different upgrades on all of the ships. Why Why the ships? I know you say you're not a list builder, but I'm sure at least the the changes were probably, I would guess, explained or, or to you or maybe you realized some of them. Yeah, so I, I'm not the person that's ever going to put together the like shell of a list, but I think yeah. my strength comes in in like tweaking and finding the right uh, mix of things um, to fit 
different play styles. So yeah, I definitely had a big hand in like the final list of upgrades. So uh, the the one I feel strongest about is Grudge. Um, I think Daredevil on Grudge is absolutely insane. Um, and anyone not playing Daredevil on Grudge is just wrong. So <laughs> like like Daredevil gives you more options than Skilled Bombardier does. You can literally chaff behind you from where you started. Um, so I think that along with the bomb options that it gives you and the, the positioning it gives you on those bomb turns um, mm -hmm. just does way more than Bombardier will ever do. Um, so I think, yeah, that one is the one I feel strongest about. The rest are a little bit of preference. Um, mm -hmm. Shield upgrade on Scorch is just um, you throw him in there and he survives. I mean, I had, I've had maybe 40% of my games he lives on one health. So it's... Uh, you're just able to throw them in there a little bit, and like the extra offense you get from the other upgrades that you get, it just isn't worth the survivability, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, but that one's close. And then uh, concussion missiles on Malaris. Um, I just the way that I find that I fly him as kind of a opposite side objective uh, objective getter. He mm -hmm. gets a lot more engagements at range three, um, and so those concussion missiles just give him a little bit more offense. Where I feel like the cluster missiles really help you in the matchups that you're already winning. Uh, like you don't really have trouble with swarms and, and, and ties and stuff. So the cluster missiles don't help as much as much as the range they're engages do. And then what, what about this extreme maneuvers on Kylo versus the, um, you know, versus uh, what's the thing people have been saying? Shattering shot. Shattering shot optics. Uh, yeah. So I think that version, the optics version is the more like straightforward. Um, like it just sits behind the bombers and kind of like, it's just more of a hammer. Mm -hmm. um, this Kylo is a little more flexible. I think sensor scramblers is probably a little bit underrated um, and probably not given the attention that like the changes. I know extreme users is the big piece, but sensor scramblers does a lot. Um, I can be like a two maneuver template away from the other end of the board on round two. Um, and so it just gives him a lot of opportunities to get behind. Um, he can still sit behind the bombers and just be like a jousting piece, but it gives you a lot more opportunities to flank uh, and just be more flexible. So a lot of opponents are just like, I can't believe you were here on round two. Uh, so the places <laughs> he can get with decloak, five forward boost is is pretty nuts. Um, so just, yeah, extreme maneuvers is just insane. I mean, you saw in the finals, I was able to like one turn, one turn, one turn, one turn, and like do a little loop yep. uh, to get him engaging. Um, so just, it gives him a lot more options and doesn't pigeonhole him into doing the same role in every game. So depending on what list you're playing against, what scenario, he can do different things. Oh, that's awesome, man. So which um, which scenario would you say was your strongest? Which one would you say is the weakest? Um, so me personally, I feel really comfortable on Assault. Um, I think it's the one I've probably practiced the most. It was like the first one we tackled when we were building the list. So it's mm -hmm. the one I, I probably have the most reps on. Um, the list itself is like, it, we play it because it's really kind of the best jousting list in the game. So chance is pretty good. Like they have no, there's no other thing to do. Um, and for all those like medium and big base ships that have a lot of health, which is what we struggle with generally, um, being able to just get half points on them where we're never really going to kill high health stuff like that. Um, just giving the half point option is really good. So I think those are probably the two best. The list, the list best is probably chance, but my personal, I like assault a lot. All right, and then I know my my last question uh, is 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 maybe maybe a bit of a challenge because I know a lot of times when we pre we prepare for a tournament we we have that one mindset. All right, this is what I'm going to play. But sometimes people are flipper floppers, right? They're like, I got this list. Maybe I got this other one. If you could not play first order at all, originally the question was like, if you couldn't play this list, which then could just morph into a different first order list, if you couldn't play first order at all, what maybe faction, or if you want to take even an extra step, what list would you have brought? 
Um, can I have a phone a friend to ask Chris Allen? Because that would be my answer. <laughs> Uh, so like, he would I say Republic, probably. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, that's probably what he would say, actually. I think Republic's probably the second best list in the game, actually. Um, the best version of Republic. So th that might be it. Um, so Travis was on like a Vader list that we were looking at before we got onto FO. Um, I'm probably most well-known in 2.0 era for Resistance. I, I was like mm -hmm. one of the big first Poe people that played um, back when it first came out. So I think that's, that's what I played most throughout 2.0. So... Mm -hmm. Resistance is finally good again, I think. Um, so I, I might have explored there, but I didn't have... This was the first list I got on, and I never got off of it. So there there was no other option. <laughs> I know exactly what I was going to do. I played one game of it, and there was nothing else that was going to beat this out. I, I, I've had that feeling before, too. I, I get it. Will, Marcel, Ryan, any uh, questions you want to throw towards Andrew? So How do I avoid Jeff? Sorry, go, go ahead, Marcel. <laughs> All right, well, my question's a little less about the list, so you go first. How do I avoid being chaffed? Um, do they have Daredevil or not? Because one answer is easy and one's not. Uh, if I have Daredevil, um, you, you don't. <laughs> there's, not a, yeah. there's not a way. Yeah, I have, I have ships without boost, and um, you have two chaff clouds, so, one I mean, with Daredevil. If your opponent with FO knows what they're doing, is your, one of your ships is going to get chaffed. Like, there's no way to not to avoid it, honestly. Um, it's just minimizing the impact on the turn that it happens and then being able to punish with the other ships coming from different angles. So a lot of what I do in turn zero, rock placement, objective placement, is to create certain lanes to where you can only come through. I try to limit the lanes that you can attack me from in the area that I want to fight in. And so you can only approach me from two-ish lanes generally, and I have two bombers. So... Um, as long as I don't leave three attack lanes that you can get to me from, I can always cut those off. Um, and then it's about isolating and punishing for that. So, uh, sure. yeah, there's but not, it sounds there's like if I had to spread out to not be chaffed with multiple ships, it would be easier for you to isolate my ships then. Correct. Yes. It doesn't sound like that's a win. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's not. I, okay. Yeah, I don't, there's not a good answer. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, I think that's a, wait for AMG to ban it. I think is the answer. I mean, that's the that's the problem that these the these FO bombers pose, right? Is like they they can crush ships in mass, but also you leave somebody alone. It's like, oh, you, you're gonna you're gonna get a pizza pie. We're gonna toss it in your face. Here you go, Marcel. Yeah, so I was just gonna ask. Uh, you said you took some time off during you know at the start of the pandemic, and then you came back. Did you come back? Uh, with 2.5 or right before 2.5 and then that just happened to coincide with um, you coming back just curious I don't remember the, yeah i don't remember the exact timing around it i think it was like right as it was dropping is like i was hearing like whispers of this happening and I, it like it, i think 2.5 was like it coming in was the event that like got me to look back into it and then mm -hmm. start finding out like oh my locals are picking back up oh i can't go play uh, so yeah i was i think like 2.5 was the thing that got me to to get back in to pay attention again yeah yeah i checked it out and i was like oh this is great i love everything about this so and um well what was your toughest matchup or did you lose any games during the, the tournament uh no i was uh, nine and oh i think <laughs> i don't i don't go i don't go around losing what lost i lost at nova so uh funny story though i played the two losses at nova i played 
in this tournament and the same the same players including one person in one no so two two the same two lists and then one of them was the same person <laughs> okay and that same person uh lives like 20 minutes away from me as one of my good friends so Okay, so what? So well, was was the matchup tougher the second time, or or did you not? Did you have a game plan going into it? Yeah, so my first loss to Nova was um, a resistance Y wing list, and that was something we were aware of, but I didn't get many reps against. So um, it was also on probably the worst scenario in general, and the worst in that matchup is on salvage. Yep. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of a bad grouping of stuff that um, got pulled up in the matchup and then it was still really close um, so coming in I, I was way better prepared I had a better game plan that I just off of um, and then yeah the other game it was a better scenario for me and things went my way uh, just yeah it was it was a crazy round at Nova that that happened uh, yeah I, like blocked the Django on a chaff and he took zero damage and did like seven damage backward back oh, it was really bad yeah that's not how that's supposed to go yeah so like <laughs> very different this game <laughs> so I, I want I, this is this is selfish now salvage I'll, I will tell you I flew the other version of this list and I yeah. I for the life of me I have not won a single salvage mission with this list what am I doing wrong Andrew <laughs> salvage is tough so like the reason i really like assault is because your bombers are so you have your two obvious objective guys are scout scorcher malaris um the bombers are late game objectives so they're very front loaded in what they contribute into the game and so they'll do a lot in the first couple of rounds and generally then they bug out you hopefully at like a few health and then go contribute by getting objectives at the end and salvage is the worst mission to do that because either the boxes are gone um or it takes them a couple turns to get there, and then they can't boost if they get them, so they're a little more uh, vulnerable. Um, so it's just, it's not, it's not good. It's not great. Um, so I don't know if there's a good answer. We've tried with setups to put, bo we've we've kind of positioned the boxes in places where um, we bait, we pull the enemy in a little bit, and we'll bait them to pick them up on the combat turn, which we would rather them do, so they have less mods, we can kill them. Or they put them on exit lanes for the bombers to pick pick up on the way out. Um, but yeah, salvage is just not a great mission for the list in general. Ryan? So I think one thing that I'm pretty sure hasn't been talked about a ton is when you... Now, whether specifically your version of the list or when you tried some of the previous iterations, when you come up across a mirror match... How, is, is that just a, 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 a cluster bleep of like chaff or is there like, what is the thought process beyond if you're looking at the same thing across from you, what are you trying to do against them? And what does your list maybe uh, leverage against the regular version of this list? Yes, we did a couple mirrors, but this list for some reason isn't very popular. So we didn't spend a lot of time on it because we just thought people wouldn't play it. There wasn't gonna be a ton of people playing it, but um, the big advantage we have in the mirror is our Kylo is just better. Um, so our Kylo is an end game piece. Once we get through those early chaff rounds as like a flanker or as an ace in the end game is just ex way better with extreme maneuvers. Um, so it's about getting your Kylo into the end game. Um, but that's the big, that's the big leverage. Um, like the Scorch and the uh, Scorch and Malaris are comparable. Like you're going to get similar values out of them. It's not a big difference either way. Our Scorch being a little more survivable is a big deal. Um, cause I think the offense that you get from the other version isn't, isn't significant enough, uh, for one health. Um, but yeah, Kyle, Kyle is the big deal. 
That makes sense. I, w- I would disagree. Uh, offensive scorch is best scorch, but uh, health is good too. Uh, can't can't deny that. You know, it's more offense and extra round of shooting. Well, you got me there. <laughs> now, mm. did, did you did you actually pull off in the Corbon uh, event the Daredevil three bank behind you chaff to anybody? Uh, no, everyone just jousted me, so I didn't really. He's <laughs> always forward anyway. Yeah, it was just always forward. Did you have some yes. good Daredevil proxmine drops though? I did have, yeah, a lot of those. Okay. Yeah. I th- and honestly, one of the things that Daredevil does really nicely is it leaves you set up better for the second procs in the next turn. Because most of the time you like boost over people, um, you're kind of out of it if they come past you. Mm. Where Daredevil lets you kind of stay in the fight for the next turn. Um, so there's a couple turns I was able to get procs in, in two rounds in a row, which you can't usually do when you don't Daredevil. When you just normal boost. And I assume you generally have to think a lot more about when you want to use that Daredevil boost because stress on those farmers is really really bad and you're limited to some of your straight maneuvers if if, if it allows you if it allows you to leave and you know there's going to be just a giant scrum and they're going to be behind you so you don't need to boost drop for the next turn it's not too bad but stress bomber is usually pretty rough i mean did you have some games where you just said i'm eating the stress to just get this bomb off and then i'm i'm okay ish next turn yes i mean Usually, so usually I keep Grudge out in space more so that he's more limited or, or has less limitations on his movement. Um, and the, the one straight afterwards isn't terrible, usually, if you want to keep him in. But I mean, one turn of like Daredevil and then two turning, like, usually can get him out of a lot of arcs. And then, like, if you're not getting shot, you don't care as much. And then if he drops, like, the thing is, if you get one good Daredevil bomb off, usually that's all you need. And the rest of it's just kind of whatever. Um, so it, yeah, there was never any times that it really impacted anything negatively. So I think it's, pro- it's probably more just making sure not to daredevil at the wrong time, right? If facing a rock, things, things. I things mean, if like you're, it's that. a good proxmine, it's still worth it. like, <laughs> honestly, like they have a three straight blue, so like True. daredeviling and then three straighting gets you a decent distance away. So. Mm-hmm. Give me a good Daredevil prox, and I don't care what else happens. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, this is sweet, whatever. When you have 50% chance to do three damage no matter what, it's like, all right, that's, that's, if, that, if that kills a ship, then I'm in. Very cool. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to try it out. I have to try it out. So, Grudge. I'm just thinking. There, there's not another bomber that can that can do that combination. Is it only Grudge? I think Grudge is the only one with the points to be able to do it. Yeah. I mean, uh, you need the I assume, upgrade to be able to get the Daredevil. I assume Breach could, because he's got like 18 points to load out. But he is a five. Yeah, he's a mm. whole squad point more, though. Not worth. Not worth. Fair. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, that, that'll be the question when they bump, when they take all the uh, the FO bombers and make them all five points and say, now choose. I mean, you still grow for grudge, for grudge first, right? That's like I think, obvious. Yeah, that ability is just really good. And I too, like moving for, there's, I initiative killed so many bombers in the system phase, like where we were going to bomb each other, but I get to go first and bomb them and they die and then they don't get to drop their bomb. Uh, yeah, I too is a feature. Awesome. And anybody in the audience, if you have a question for Andrew, feel free to put them in the chat. And we have our first one right here. So this is from Brett, uh, Brit, Brit Ottawa R2D2 says, what is the lowest number of ships that Andrew has flown or is it a case of safety in numbers? 
So all time in X Wing, I was a Miranda player. So two is the uh, the lowest. Um, I started with Dangar Bosk and then Nimiranda. Um, but I've played mostly four and five shipless, like towards the end of 1.0 into 2.0. Uh, I played four ship resistance forever, pretty much only in 2.0. Uh, so four and five is where I'm most comfortable. All right, and you had said that like list building is not necessarily like your maybe your 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 strong your biggest strength, right? I know I'm not a list builder mm -hmm. at all. What would you say is your biggest strength as an X-wing player? Um, yeah, so I, mean, I think this comes back from my Destiny days of like I was always the tweaker, like the the very I was the last step in the prep. So like we would do all the idea formation and then all the uh, testing and everything, and then like. The couple days before the tournament, I, I was always the person that got my last hands on the deck or the list um, and made those final like meta calls, like what we thought we were going to see and what was the right tech against all that stuff. Um, so I feel like that's like really where I developed myself playing Destiny. Um, that's my, that's People might know me better from Destiny days, um, but that has kind of transitioned over to X-Wing now that I've kind of developed the same kind of team atmosphere that we had in Destiny over in X-Wing. Um, yeah, I made a lot of these final calls on, on this stuff, but uh, a lot of it just comes from like I think I work really well in a team, and I've developed the right relationships with the people that I get along with and work well with. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I mean, massive shout out to everyone that helped me prep for all these events as well. Matt B asks, "What do you think this list Kryptonite is? It, does does it have a weakness outside of salvage is hard?" <laughs> Yeah, um, anything with high health. So, like, um, my two hardest games were probably the Resistance Y list that I had to play again. Um, thankfully, this version had two X-Wings. The version I played at Nova had Ray, so that was a little bit harder. Um, and then that seven-ship uh, Empire list with two Reapers, that was, like, an incredibly close game. I think it was either top eight or top four I had to play that. Um, so anything with just a lot of health. Thankfully, that game was on chance, so that's where I was mentioning I was able to half a Reaper, and that made all the difference because I was never going to kill right. a Reaper. Right. Um, yeah, anything with, like, high health, the bombs are less effective against. Um, but, like, these TIE Fighters that have four health, I just have to do one damage, and then a bomb kills them. Um, so, yeah, high health stuff is, is definitely tougher. Fantastic. Uh, Will, Ryan, Marcel, do you have any closing questions or thoughts for Andrew? Um... What do you fly casually? Obviously, you talked about a lot of tournament prep. Uh, what's like the, the like pilot or list that just, uh, if you're having, trying to have some fun, do you pick up? So anyone that knows me will know the answer to this question is that I don't fly casually. Uh, oh, fair enough. I'm and an incredibly that... competitive person, and like, I don't, I only fly stuff that's good. Okay. Well, uh, I'll change my question then to uh, what's a pilot or something that you are working on to be competitive? I mean, so one of my favorites is, like, I just like Poe a lot. Um, so, like I said, I played... The one the one list that I think in X-Wing I've ever, like, developed just on my own was that four-ship Poe list. Um, there's a lot of iterations as they nerfed all my A-Wings out um, and changed, but... Uh, yeah, I just have a fondness for Poe. It's, like, what I played when 2.0 came out for the longest time. I had a lot of success. You um, prefer the Pover Drive? Have you been so utilizing that? That is not the version of my Poe that I played. I played much oh. more of a like Brawly in your face Poe. Um, okay. But I, I did play over. Uh, I have played Pover Drive, and it is insane, and I love it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not like a big Ace guy, like crazy, like repositioning. Um, this Kylo took me a lot of work to feel comfortable with. Um, 
thankfully I have like the extreme maneuvers king in my in my camp uh, to, to coach me up. But um, yeah, that pose I, that pose amazing. I just I, yeah, it's it's really fun to fly. You can take Daredevil, by the way. True. He's got some other things he wants to stress for, though. So oh, I don't fair. know. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and let you go, Andrew. Thank you so much for your time. And again, congratulations. I look forward to submitting your name to my plaque company to print on there as the champion of Korriban. I appreciate it. I look forward to it. Thanks for having me, guys. It was a lot of fun. I don't ever want to wake up at 2 o'clock again, but I look forward <laughs> to the next one that's like Pacific time zone, right? Like I think it's like 1230. Uh, yeah, the, we have Pacific is Mustafar, and then the the finale for everything is central time zone. So easy, oh. easy. Oh, I you have know, the you same need to problem. sleep in on those. Well, I have the same problem as Crispy. I might not be able to make uh, the uh, – the final uh, oh oh have... yes 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 well and you know what just come stomp at mustafar then yeah, when's the final deal the final for the galactic championship is happening october i don't want to say the wrong uh the wrong date so i want to double check 22nd through there. the 33rd it looks like on our schedule to the 23rd <laughs> the 23rd <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. Ten day format. Yeah, <laughs> one game, one game a day. That sounds great. Probably, honestly, that might. That'll be that'll be the next attempt. All right. Well, again, Andrew, thank you so much for your time, my friend, uh, and have a good night. You could just literally just X the window, and that's all you got to do. All right. Have a good one, guys. You too. All right. So um, we did get a couple of questions uh, in the chat, just kind of about the event kind of x-wing in general so i'd like to yeet these over to you guys so um uh, jeff sanders asks gsp do you think amg will keep an eye uh will be keeping an eye on galaxy's results moving forward previously there wasn't as many in-person events uh to get their data set i think he's kind of saying that uh, gs like Things like galaxies may have been something that they were looking at. What, what do you, what do you guys think? I think they might, but for the most part, you've seen a lot of the same stuff on in person than and in in galaxies. Uh, you know, a lot of it translates. You know, if you're looking at things that are uh, unique, unique, probably you know you got, you get those one offs like the you know like the one that crispy won a couple of weeks ago. Or a month ago with um, with scum, uh, but outside of like like those one-offs that probably will would have a hard time repeating, and there's nothing on there that you're like, oh, this is genuinely broken. Um, you see, I mean, most of the stuff that you see in in person is is the stuff that's good online. You know, Vader five tie fighters um you know different variations of 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 this list or some of the other ones that were in the top cut y wings that are resistance um ray um you know all, all those things that that are that are good online and do well online are the same things that people are flying in in person now and i think there's just a lot more crossover now between uh before you used to have like the um the vassal crowd and there was like a very specific group of people that played Vassal and then played in person. Um, 
now I think the, you know, if you're looking at a Venn diagram, like the crossover is, is just much more extreme where it's probably closer to like 80% of the people that. You're talking that, about the overlap between competitive players and players who play online. Yeah. I feel like that would be almost a full overlap. Yeah. Almost, but not. I mean, you get people like, you know, like, like Duncan, ID and other people that sure. don't. Uh, and then some people in Europe, I'm pretty sure as well, only show up for like in person, don't really do the online thing. So, but yeah, like the, again, if you're doing the overlapping circles, I, I think you get much more uh, in that, you know, overlap section than, than you did before when it was mainly just Vassal. Um, which means that what you see in person is very similar to what you see online these days. Yeah, that, to compound on to that, uh, while AMG might not exactly like pull up the TTT list results or something like that, right? Um, or like watch the, the streams live, the, the influence on the meta, I think, would be recognized by people who are playtesting. You know, they're like, oh man, everyone's talking about chaff clouds and they're winning tournaments. Like maybe we should filter this new stuff through chaff clouds for a while or something like that. I'm not a place tester. I don't know their techniques. You don't know their secrets, Will? I'm sure they have great secrets, but like that, if they are, uh, what do I say? Um, mo mostly what Marcel says, like, I don't think it's any different than them looking at in an, an, an in-person tournament to see if those results are something they need to address as well. Yeah. I guess maybe maybe the question is that you know things like the galactic championships end up just they give you it gives you more data points right so mm -hmm. just overall seeing seeing while the trends are the same that's still information right while the 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 it's it's knowing like oh okay we're seeing a lot of the the similar thing across the board um like we know that obviously some version of this list are both really really good and i think that kind of leads into the next question that we had here this is coming from uh from benfit he says do you think uh the chaff situation can or i'm gonna add needs to be fixed uh or is it balanced in a, or can it be balanced in a way to reduce uh the ability for functionality uh to to, to prevent them from being functionally unavoidable unavoidable so i think there's obviously a lot of levers now that AMG can pull between the fact that you have ship costs, loadout values, and slots available. Um, uh, before any erratas or bans, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they do an errata or ban of some regard, because they are very, very effective. And with the Fombers, it is more of a when, not if you'll get chaffed. But they could as you mentioned earlier, just increase the value, squad point value of the Fombers of some of them. They could reduce the loadout value. They could get rid of the missile slots. You can't even equip chaff on them or get rid of one bomb slot and say you either get chaff or you get a bomb or, re or say reduce the loadout so you can't get chaff and proxmite, but you get maybe chaff and a four-point bomb, uh, maybe, uh, but you don't get skill bombardier, like there's a lot of things you can do to tick it down a little bit before I think you just 
take the warhammer on that thing and smash it right so because uh -huh. I, I some people have talked about like oh yeah you could errata it to say like you can't uh do any system phase reposition and drop any device anymore for anything in the game like kind of suck i mean kind of sucks for the fomber because that's like that seems like to be the thing it's that's its thing do. yeah so I, I I would like to see it in a state of the game where they don't get everything that they have right now, just because it does feel like they get every, they get the chaff, they get the extra range bands with skill bombardier, or in Grudge's case, in Andrew Cox's list, is the uh, availability of Daredevil as an option, and I mean, what do you, still get yeah. Prox mines, right? So what you do get you... all that and the best bomb with the bombers. Sorry. Uh... I mean, another lever they have is just squad points. Like, just put them up to five, right? See so what happens. You have, other op you have less options in the rest of the list. Yeah. But yeah, like, I totally agree. Like, start pulling levers first before you errata or change no, things. I, see, I'm in the... Go ahead. But. I was say, it, just if... Because we've seen chaff also show up in a lot of other ships across the entire entirety of x-wing too it's not obviously not as effective as, as on the fombers but it's still there i do think no matter what you do to the specific situation that grudge and dread and the fombers are in with the chaff i do think chaff at base needs a point value increase on its upgrade cost at minimum yeah I, i'm i'm in the camp of um you know there, there there's things that that they've they've identified is a problem and dealt with it you know things like sabine is 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 basically just gone you know, it's like we're not going to play around with the points or anything like that just gone uh supernatural reflexes and and a bunch of other things that they could have played around uh with and and tried to find that 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 sweet spot um and just said you know what we're not going to mess around with that sweet spot we're just going to make it um extended only not part of standards or things like that uh, I'm in the camp of um, kind of like what Mutano was saying, Mutano one, and what other people have said. And I would be completely fine with there being a a rules change or whatever you want to call it, or out of rules change or whatever, to doing things that um, apply immediate results as part of a of a system face reposition so what i mean by that is um you know like a barrel boost either one of those connected to a shaft cloud for example that would be one of them now i'm saying barrel roll boost because i you know you can do bb8 and get the barrel roll in there as well um or a barrel roll boost into a mine which again a mine uh happens immediately it's, it's an immediate trigger when it drops it it, it, it's done i would again immediate thing so a bomb is a little bit different you you reposition you put a bomb but then there's an opportunity for adjustment by by the other you know by by by, by, by the rest of the ships that move after that so some people might like that some people might might not but i just i, I just believe that with the things the way that things have been changing to try to keep things a little bit more uh in line and a little bit less of um, removing the agency 
uh, you know, things taking away the things that take away uh, agency and giving auto damage, you know, the auto blaster, uh, changing the ion mechanic to where now you can bank a little bit and, and, and have more choices. The bump gives you focus. So if that's the direction that's going, I think that being able to reposition, you, you set yourself up in the right place and being able to, I mean, this is a great example, being able to daredevil, uh, either boost or daredevil and shoot things in, in any direction, including a bomb in the back that doesn't give you any choice but to take damage. It's, it's just not, it, it's not, it, it, it's not a, um, it's just that's something that I, I, I think belongs in the game. Um, or at least not doesn't belong in the game as it stands now. I think it belonged in the game perfectly when we were in 2.0 because there was a whole bunch of other stuff that was mm. that, that was kind of wacky like that. But in the version that we are now, that they're trying to get rid of a lot of these. Um, I don't want to call it feels bad because losing feels bad, getting shot right. feels bad. Uh, Do you think Ganors to throw six dice with a range one VCX is bad? Like, there's a lot of feels bad but so do you do you think it's on a different power level is that the problem i think not not necessarily that it's in a different power level because if it's a power level thing you can adjust that by modifying the amount of points that it costs by uh adjusting what ships it can go on uh things like that i i think the part that i'm saying that i don't like is the things of being able to like i am here you are there and before anything happens one ship and I, it's, and it's not just the farmers the, the the bombers but it's 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 it would be any effect that says before anything happens i am going to reposition or do something that creates automatic damage or automatic negative impact somewhere in a circle that you don't know where it, it is and you have no control over what's going to happen because if, if you have to shoot the, you know, I, I've played against, for example, uh, Boba Fett. A lot of people have been putting shaft clouds on Boba Fett, mm -hmm. uh, which is really strong. I mean, Boba Fett goes in there, he still gets his rerolls, he doesn't care. You know, he, he's, he's got less consequences about it. Uh, but you know where there, there's, there's an expectation of like, okay, I can approach this in this way and avoid that and come in from the side or, or delay the engagement or do different things. But when you have the amount of flexibility that you have to be able to to basically reposition and put that anywhere on the map, and then same thing with the immediate bombs that saying, like, um, you know, again, taking this grudge, for example, you land right in front of it. Uh, you're like, well, I can't stay right in front of it because they're going to boost and drop a bomb. Well, I'm going to come in and be at the perfect angle of saying i'm shooting this ship out of arc perfect angle uh and it says like well you know what by doing that i'm still gonna you're still going to take automatic damage a lot of it and there's nothing you can do about it it's just um i think it goes against the direction that 2.5 has been he headed again mm -hmm. i normally would not have had an issue with it if other things like intimidation like uh, supernatural like a lot of the other things that 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 also allowed you to, to you know where where there was things that were broken in a like oh this is really good mm -hmm. there was there was all over the place 
you know, it's one of those situations where if everyone's special, nobody is special. But in this, <laughs> in this thing is like, well, you know, having that now become a thing or having that be like the only thing that can create auto damage, uh, unavoidable auto damage, regardless of where you are on the, on the board, just feels out of place. So again, that's just my personal take. I know a lot of mm -hmm. people will be like 100% against it because you know anything that has that has the word ban or errata or anything like that they're completely against it you know they're like well this is the way it was written this is the way it's created right. i enjoy doing it i like doing <laughs> it to other people i do i really do <laughs> i know and, and, and it's fun when you're doing it but um yeah, and I personally actually don't haven't played against this list enough, and the times that I've played, I've never really lost against it. But I can completely like just seeing it on stream and seeing like other people play against it, mm -hmm. and and just f seeing the complete um, lack of options that mm -hmm. is it, just it doesn't doesn't seem enjoyable okay i think the, the the solution is somewhere in the middle between doing nothing and we're doing what you're saying right it's it's somewhere some somewhere in between there we'll we'll see what they end up doing i think there has to be some type of change even if it's as small as raising the cost because i think we've discovered that they're really good i don't think they'd ever be banned though and the, my only reason for that is because they put forth the um, the resources of using cardboard space to print the like the chaff. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I would, I would second that. It is like a valuable tool in action right now, as mm. every as a, well, I won't say everybody. A lot of ships' action economy is very high, whether it's I mean, the best example is probably Darth Vader, right? Two mods for defense, and you have three mods for offense, uh, basically every turn, right? Uh, or something like, uh, I'm trying to think of something, just like Poe, right? Focus lock every turn, right? Mm -hmm. uh, as those become very powerful, you'll need something to counter them, right? Uh, normally a debuff mechanic. We've seen a lot of jam be prevalent lately, uh, and of course, Chaff Cloud, uh, because it... Uh, munitions have been very good as well. Proton right. torpedoes, concussion missiles, anything that can take a lock and has force and a missile slot or something like that, right, is looking for that, that very specific action to be effective. So that's, I think if we eliminated chaff out of the game completely, those lists would essentially be go unchecked. We'd have to Rebel find... Alpha, let's go! Let's go. I mean, and Rebel, <laughs> Rebel Alpha was uh, to address Darth Vader, and Darth Vader was uh, prevalent because ship count went down, right? It just becomes mm -hmm. this, you know, that's the, an evolving meta. Uh, but yeah, once you take Chaff out of the meta, like, there's nothing stopping me from taking any action that I need to then. Interesting. All right. Lots of lots of different ways we could look at that. Ryan, did you have something else to say before I move on, good sir? No. Okay. Well, good. So uh, before we hit the other lists, I want to talk. I, w I need to share some bad news, but some possibilities. Hopeful, Hopeful things as well. So um, let me pull up my notes. 
here real quick. I feel like it's very thematic to say hopeful with Andor coming out in a couple days. That's right. So um, as you guys know, as many people in the community know, that I had started the Save TTT initiative, the the uh, the hope of continuing TTT, to picking up the reins. Uh, we put together a team of amazing people, uh, but unfortunately, TTT is going to end up going away. And um, basically, to give you guys the short version is after going back and forth with the current owner, um, he essentially uh, came to the decision that the, you know, it's something that he worked on. It is, I, I look at, personally, I look at coding as art, right? It's his thing, his thing that he made. And he decided that it was something that he was okay to not exist anymore um, for whatever reason. We did make him a financial offer in a way to, to, to say to show appreciation, be like, hey, this is what we can afford. Um, and essentially, um, he, he gave us the opportunity to make an offer in the event that we would blow him away, but we gave, we offered what I would be, I would consider a, uh, a reasonable amount that is, a, I'm going to say a responsible amount of money, um, to, to basically as, as more of a thank you more than anything else. And for his time to, that would be to help us kind of get things going. And, uh, I'm not upset with him. You know, it is his product. He can do with it what he wants. Um, uh, but it has bred opportunity. And what is that opportunity? Well, obviously, many X-Wing uh, tournaments had been using TTT. It's been a staple for the Galactic Championships, for Kyber Cup, for um, many different uh, leagues and things like that. Um, but TTT going away in October doesn't mean or at the end of October slash beginning of November doesn't mean that, uh, that you don't have options. So there are, um, different, uh, opportunity, not opportunity, there's different initiatives basically going on. So the save TTT team is transforming into let's make a new thing team. Um, and that's like opportunity possibility. Number one, there are other, uh, you know, tournament softwares that people are developing. I know Longshanks is developing one. Uh, if you hadn't heard, uh, Brian from, uh, Co-op Print Yards is also working on developing something that is a tournament software as well. And, uh, um, my, my team of, of developers are also going to be working on something. So, you know, the, um, the possibilities are, are out there. We are just going to have to basically see over time what people gravitate to. And then a new favorite will end up existing and it'll be what it'll be. And at the very least, all of these other products and possibilities that end up coming out, they just, you know, they were tools. They were stepping stones that will get us to where we end up. So I just wanted to, uh, end up. Uh, to, I wanted to share that for full transparency so that you, the X-Wing community, know what's going on. And um, we at least have it through the end of the Galactic Championships. And we'll move on from there. All right. 
Rathos says, I'm super happy to not be in that race. I mean, it's, 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 you don't have to be, you, you got the, you got the, the squad builder, by the way, shout out to Rathos for also picking up the, the slack on the, um, tournament streaming software. All right. Has done some cool updates, put in the long needed and awaited reset button. Will, have you used the reset button? Uh, no, I haven't been messing around with the, the builder. I, I, I put all that on James. He's technically more savvy than me. But I did he see Scott talking about the reset button, which uh, for his excitement, I can imagine. Praise be for the reset button. My goodness. Uh, like, I, 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 complete tangent. But Steven, a.k.a. Rathos, had asked me. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm taking this over. Um what what are features you want and i mentioned like the go for this color coding thing and i just had this like i was like driving one day and i was like oh my god how have i not said this and i said we need a reset button please because how often have you watched a stream game and you see the there's like why is there a score there that's because previously we would put in new lists but the objective points from the term before would still be there now it's uh Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Rathos. Thank you. Let's move on. We got some lists to look at. I want to go ahead and look at the top eight lists from the Korriban Galactic Championship Qualifier. We already hit the uh, the winner. Here is the runner-up, Charles Forrest Latour. Take it, Ryan. So this ended up being a first order on first order final. Uh, we have <clears throat> still a five-ship first order list with some of the similarities, but no FO bombers opted for more whispers. So let's start with Kylo in the whisper with Malice, Instinctive Aim, Predator, Concussion Missile, Advanced Optics, Enhanced Jamming Suite. Uh, so opting for Malice instead of Shattering Shot, and technically Munitions Failsafe. Um, Nightfall... With Fanatical, Prockets, Sensor Scrambler, Enhanced Jamming Suite, 709th Legion Ace, so the generic I-4. We can also take the same loadout of Fanatical, Proton Rockets, Sensor Scrambler, Jamming Suite. Then you have Malrus with the Fanatical Cluster Missiles and Scorch with Fanatical Predator Advanced Optics. So... I'd be curious to know what kind of matchups Charles had leading up to the final. Um, what I think, <clears throat> as Andrew Cox alluded to, with sensor scramblers, um, that upgrade can be really good as a tool actually baiting some chaff. Um, if someone tries to go and chaff a ship that has sensor scramblers that still has the cloak available to them, and they get to choose if they want to decloak after knowing where the chaff is, they have a couple ways around. It's obviously really good at getting a ship across the board, such as the Whisper, that does have the ability to decloak and then five straight and then boost. Um, the fun trick with these procketed uh, Whispers is if you already have the Bullseye Arc on someone and you've, you're like, I get to procket this thing, you get to focus Jam. And that, and that Jam Bullseye range two is the same as the procket that you're going to have. So focus, jam the jam the ship is very akin 
to the FTC and missile that like Jarek Yeager and the resistance can do to the trick of jamming something and doing a really big damaging munition. Except this one's even more dangerous. Um, or at least it's a much higher ceiling. So, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely the more... Here's more whispers instead of any fombers. Um, I'd be like I said, if, if I ever had a chance to chat with Charles or if you wanted to respond to GSP in Discord, I'd be curious to know some of your matchups and how you felt against some of the powerhouses in the field and why you chose to go the whispers. Yeah, depending on how things go, let's see what do we got going. We have Cray Cup this weekend. Mm. We might be able to see see if Charles is available to have him on. I'd love to love to talk about triple whispers. I'd love it. There has been a few uh, showings, both I think in person, I think in Europe, and also online, where there have been people who've gone almost entire lists with uh, the whispers, um, and then some just majority whispers. And especially using these fanatical procket ships and just saying, I'm going to find something and yeet it off the board <laughs> and then just be nuisances of jamming. Love it. Love it. Marcel, let's take a look at Greg Squire and his top four performance. Yep. Greg. And I think um, uh, we're going to see a number of... Um, Similar things here, and this is similar to what I took to Nova Plus. What I wanted to fly this weekend, uh, if I was able to stay awake, which is a a use on a lot of the Tie Fighters, and then not Vader. Uh, and again, you'll see we'll see a number of these different variations where it's it's the best Tie Fighters out there, plus not you know something that is not Vader. So in this case, we've got Aiden with the, um, I think at this point, traditional elusive and ion cannon. Excuse me, Moff Gideon, which again, in my opinion, is um, we're, we'll probably go back to the to the ranking next week on the other ones. This is my S tier. I mean, the, these two Aiden and Moff are my three point S tiers for sure. Um, off with the cluster missiles over two modulators and targeting computers. So he, um, basically acting as a much better version of uh, Malrus. Uh, ISB Jingoist times two with overtuned modulators. Wampa with elusive. And then he opted for uh, for his two four-pointers to be Captain Faroff and the Tide Reaper with Ruthless, the child, and targeting computer. And... Uh, Great carrier for the child because of the defensive ability, and then Vizier with Emperor Palpatine uh, to give all those Tie Fighters. Um, I would assume a defensive focus. I, 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 my guess would be that uh, uh, Palpatine was used defensively ninety-five percent of the time, and um, super solid list. Essentially, an eight-ship list uh, when you count. Uh, Iden being times two ships and eight shots per turn, up to eight shots per turn with those uh, cluster missiles. So, uh, super solid list. Uh, if you're not flying Moff Gideon in the Empire, uh, 
just like uh, Andrew Cox said, if you're not putting Daredevil on Grudge, you're wrong. If you're not flying <laughs> Moff in the Empire, uh, you're wrong. That is that is the that is a three pointer. That is a game changer. Even if you fly him with no upgrades and he's just circling the board at range three, saying you're focusing your evade and your rerolls and you're elusive and you're Kanan trying to. No, actually, Kanan still works, but everything else. Uh, null void, just um, roll your dice and pray for natties. So. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good idea. I like it. I like it. All right, now we go from a bunch of ships to a lot less ships. We'll go ahead and talk about Nathaniel Blair and his top four performance. Okay, Nathaniel Blair has brought the scum and villainy. Uh, this is two fire sprays and the razor crest. Starts with Emon, uh, who is the bomb dropper extraordinaire. His bombs of choice are concussion bombs with and seismic charges. Uh, has Maul, of course, you need a force point and uh, the uh, Andrasta title to give him those bombs. Akashka uh, Frost. Uh, Allows a rerolls with the targets stressed. Uh, it's on offense and defense. Has Notorious, of course. Uh, Sokotano, Deadman Switch, uh, the Marauder, and Veteran Tail Gunner. So could double shoot. Gets passive rerolls on offense and defense all the time. Uh, it's what you want to see. It's just tiny little baby. Uh, it's baby Boba Fett out there, but really. Um, and then here's the real star of the show. Q9 has uh, the child, the Mandalorian, Greedo, Contraband, Electronic Baffle, and the Razor Crest. So the combination is that uh, we were, <laughs> uh, the, is, uh, what did you call it, the typewriter? Uh, Q9 is just yeah. the typewriter out there in parachute pants. He's gonna stop. Uh, Hammer pop <laughs> Exactly. He's gonna stop, he's gonna pop Contraband Cybernetics, uh, depending on if he flipped Razor Crest to reveal a false transponder codes or not, he could jam um, with his action or he could reinforce with the Mandalorian if he's uh, under some trouble. Uh, then uh, has Q9's ability to either take a strain or barrel roll uh, while you do an advanced maneuver. Uh, so uh, you end up with reinforce, strain, calc calculate, and two force. Um, and then, uh, which is I really liked here, uh, Nathaniel Blair finding a way to deal with all the stress you take as the uh, ST-70 assault ship um, and uh, dealing with its uh, just awful dial, at least for clearing stress. You only have your straight maneuvers, uh, but there's so many red maneuvers you'd like to do. So we saw him, I think in every match, uh, in, in one match, I think the top four match, we were just like, yeah, more baffles. Like, <laughs> like, oh, he took two damage. That's two less baffles he could do. We were uh, sad. Because, uh, we were sad because he kept doing it. He just was like, well, I'm going to stop and then I'll bear roll. And then I'm going to throw that, uh, uh, stress off with electronic baffle in the end phase at the next round. Stop do a little typewriter <laughs> over to the other way and uh you're either uh i really like that um variety you can actually get he actually has a lot of different actions you can take you can go full turtle and just take his uh the calculate and the reinforce or you can 
uh, start arc dodging with your high initiative, start doing more barrel rolls and get around people. It really does a lot. The only, the only thing it's held back by is only the one contraband. But again, that's where electronic baffle is trying to help that out. Uh, so I, this might be the best showing of baffle. I'm not sure if baffle's ever got to a final table. I'm trying to think now. Probably. Not in a while. No, for shame, though. Love the list. For shame, though. Uh, uh, using Marauder on Koshka Frost. She stole that ship right out from underneath of Cast Scarlet. And that, <laughs> that Pirate Queen's going to come get you, Koshka. You better look out. My theme. My theme. All right. We'll keep it going here. So Stephen Weiland, uh, we're cracked into the top eight now, uh, also brought an Imperial list. Here we have Moff Gideon. He got the memo from Marcel. Not wrong. With Aiden, Jingle Jingle, Wampa. And then instead of the Reapers, here we have Rear Admiral Sharanu in that Decimator with Discipline, Darth Vader, Minister Tua to uh, get some reinforces uh while being damaged seismic charges agile gunner to be able to switch out that turret as need be during the end phase and then dauntlet so that when you smash people in the face with your ship and you overlap them you can still have the possibility to do some actions this is real, real quick and this is uh kind of where i was alluding to earlier Moth, while well, has the potential to put a really good gun out there, you, you can put a concussion missile with targeting computer and false transponder code or something like that to make them like hit kind of hard mm -hmm. or cluster missiles. He just opted to say, I'm going to go elusive, cloaking device, and always guarantee a token uh, because my gun doesn't matter. My ability is the only thing that matters in this game. And that's why I was saying like this ship, the flexibility and the complete wreckage that it can cause um opponents is just nuts that that this should not be a four pointer the I only three pointer the only way to stop a moth is another moth is a dead moth <laughs> the only good moth is a dead moth i do think uh, it's really hilarious to see discipline on a decimator and just the the chance to barrel with it it sounds hilarious to a barrel roll well, something else hilarious. Let's take a look at this rebel list, Ryan, from Nicholas God in the top eight. You say a rebel list with Nicholas God? What what's happening? Here? I Shouldn't know, it be like a scum list. It should be. Where's Tarani Kolda? We gotta oh, well, add. Extended. I know, <laughs> but Ooh, too soon, Dion. Too soon. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to see it ever again. It's fine. <laughs> all right so this one was surprising to see once i saw the results so we have uh, a rebel four ship list and not only do we have a vcx we have plural vcx's we have two we have chopper we have callus the other two ships aaron kraken and arvel crinid so chopper in the vcx opted for dorsal turret the Child, Fen Rao Crew, and Veteran Turret Gunner. And then we have Callus, who takes Dorsal Turret, Saw Guerrera, and Veteran Turret Gunner. And then you have Aaron Kraken with Elusive Plasma Torpedoes, and then Arvel Crinid with the Crackshot Predator Combo. 
So I think what one of the interesting things that this list can do is Aaron Kraken providing that additional action for one of the two VCXs in the engagement phase. And once the so whether they decide to rotate a turret to make sure the veteran turret gunner will have a shot, uh, whether they opt for a lock if they already reinforced, uh, if they opt for a focus, if they opt for whatever action they want to do, they can take a red version of that action. But as long as Fen Rao is in range, the Fen Rao crew on chopper is in range to be active, once that ship engages, they're going to dump that stress anyway. So I think that's actually a really good combination is the Fenrau crew in a list with an Aaron Kraken trigger, um, especially with the VCXs who don't like it end up like end up being stressed often or at all really because they want to find those lanes to allow them to do 4Ks or get to areas to where they can do whatever maneuver they can do to get that four dice primary shot pointed as many things as possible. It's a it's it's kind of a a thing of hey I've seen two decimators lists what about two VCXs I don't have a I don't have like the the bow tie turret but I do have a four die primary which is scary especially when you have stuff like saw who turns into all crits when you have stuff like the child on chopper um, and when you put the child on chopper you know it's you it's the ship you end up wanting to shoot more. Um, which is, might be correct because Fenra crew is on there as well. But that means Callus gets to keep shooting you and keep nicking its health a little bit to use Sagarare if it wants. Um, but it also means that chopper wants to get in really close to you and it can trigger its effect to say, if you bump into me, there's no good reason for you to take your stress focus because once engagement starts, as long as you're still in range zero of me, I'm going to jam you anyway with chopper's ability uh, which range zero four dice attack is nothing to sneeze at even if it can't mod uh if you can't either because chopper said you're getting jammed and if you're not a force user it's a very sad day very scary range zero um so i think it's a really cool list uh, i love vcx's because they just, they bruise, they say, don't be here, and they heard stuff very well. He's just getting them to the shots they want, and Nicholas just said, I'm bringing two. <laughs> yeah, and a little bit of insight for for this uh, for this player and kind of his matchups. He lost to Greg Squire in the top eight, but so that was this uh the, the one of the other top four competitors you can see that being a tough list because it's got Iden in there and there's a lot of ships but he lost to him in the cut he actually played they had played the same exact matchup same scenario and players in swiss and nicholas won that game 23 to 3 Oh, geez. He just he came in with the VCX and that veteran t uh, turret gunner was like dead tie fighter, dead tie fighter, dead tie fighter. Only three because I didn't trigger one time and yeah. just came in blasting. So I just started blasting. 
that's uh, that's right so well uh, i mean it's uh, there's a very adept or very uh, akin thing to what we would call curse of the swiss yep uh, it's extremely hard to beat a player twice let alone actually the same exact scenario where they can learn from that specific matchup in that specific scenario what not to do next time yeah <laughs> all right Marcel, let's take a look at our other, our next top eight competitor, George Berrios. Jorge Berrios. Uh, we've uh, Jorge's flying uh, separatist lines with Django Fett, uh, Notorious, uh, Palpatine, Proximity Mines, False Transponder Codes, uh, Slave One, and Boba Fett Gunner. That's the Boba Fett Gunner, right? Um, General Grievous with Outmaneuver, Imperium, and Solus One. Bombardment Drone Hyena with a Proximity Mine, Delayed Fuses, and Landing Struts. Uh, DFS-081 Droid with Discord Missiles, Independent Calculations, and Grappling Struts. And then a Separatist Drone with Discord Grappling and Independent Calculations as well. Uh, so five ship list, you've got um basically you've got two heavy hitters and then three very um you got three contributors i, I would call them like the you know the bombers you can't ignore them because a bomb in the face literally in the face being able to throw it to the front is um is gonna hurt uh dfs being able to either throw those discord missiles capture objectives they do extremely well in um King of the Hill, I forgot what it's called. Assault. Uh, just being able, assault, just being able to park on a rock and say two points, two points, two points, and in three turns, they've tripled their 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 squad value. And then um, same thing with the with the other drone. At two points, so same with the Imperial type fighters. You know, and you just want them to get their two points worth, and uh, super easy for them to get their values worth. So, a lot of value here and um yeah so it's a lot of value of course it has a downside which is uh the droids and the bombers can pop pretty quickly and django uh as good as django is django can also uh i think probably django is one of the 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 fire spray set that has the potential to die relatively like it, some games are just like, hey, where'd he go? Hey, right, his his from the defensiveness of of fire spray. So obviously, Boba on top, right? The scum Boba, uh, Kashka Frost is up there because of the number of red tokens that are around. Django Zam is up there, right? Zam because of the of because the Zam. like that, yeah, because of her ability. Uh, I would say like Django is better than Iman because Django is I six. Right, um, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying there. No, and also Iman tends to. I would even say it's comparable to Iman because uh, Iman tends to show you his backside, which you don't want to pursue. Uh, so it, you're you're much speak you're for much, yourself. <laughs> you're much more comfortable chasing down a jangle than than. You know, knowing you're going to need several proximity mines and several other bombs, trying yeah, to depends on how much open space. It, it, it's both sides, right? Because you're you're comparing Iman that's more front loaded. You know, 
that the bombs are there and they can exist. And if you end up in that spot, that's your fault, but also on the Iman player for putting you in, like, putting Iman in the right spot for you to be in that accidental position or mistake-ridden position. Um, if Django's got open area, having to guess where he where he's going if he's not stressed and have to deal with the fact that he can choose to boost at I6 is its own puzzle. You have to try and, like, work your way around and corner him and try and hurt him, so... It's it's game state dependent, um, and that uh, that 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 palp crew though can uh, really limit what you can do when you get in tight with him too. All right, uh, Remy here. <clears throat> is flying the Galactic Empire, uh, has the, as predicted, Jingo Jingo Wampa, has chosen Elusive for Wampa, a cloaking device and overtuned modulators uh, for the Jinguists, respectively, has Captain Oiken as a, a decimator with Ruthless, Death Troopers, Fifth Brother, and Dauntless. Death Troopers are the crew that prevent you from clearing stress, uh, when you are uh, range zero to one of Oiken. So he likes to keep ships close uh, and prevent them from clearing stress so they can't leave. Then uh, Morna Key uh, as well with Ruthless, Darth Vader, Triple Zero, and BT-1. Uh, the, uh, what do I want to say? The combination of uh, the Death Troopers not allowing you to take green tokens because you can't clear stress means that Darth Vader and the Jinguist abilities are going to trigger every single time on you. You're going to get strained. You're going to take automatic damage. Uh, I've I had a chance to fly this at Nova. I think this is yeah upgrade for upgrade. What I flew at Nova, and this is a secret objective style list. Great in assault with those two large bases. Great in salvage because you have three extra three extra ships i did air quotations <laughs> there uh because it's really anything. a double it's a double desi list but you have to bring three extra ships who can just go out and just look for those objectives uh whether it's scramble or salvage um when they need those extra actions because the decimators are too busy reinforcing or taking target locks or something like that uh to normally bother with those action intensive objectives Awesome. So that was our top eight. If you want to get more information about those Galaxies results, uh, you can go over to our website, goldsquadronpodcast.com slash galaxies results. You have what the bracket was as well, the faction breakdown, the champion, and runner-up lists. And you can see all of our galactic championship history uh, going through the uh, to all the way to the 2020 season uh, and we're going to be expanding this section a little bit um, so that we can actually have the full rosters in there available for people to look at as well so a couple of last things before we wrap it up for the night we did have a uh, a question from a viewer and i also want to uh want to talk a little bit about some of the andor trailers that have been coming out because i know that's at least one thing i really want to talk about when it comes to i would love to know your thoughts on how this would come to x-wing but anyway 
Um, Jedi One Alex basically asked so for some speculation. They want some speculation. They said, points change when new packs come out? Question mark. Or do you think they'll end up staying the same? So, to to simplify that question, do you believe? that AMG will take the release of um, the Battle of Yavin as an opportunity to balance or change points. Floor's open. They kind of have to, don't they? Uh, because they've got new stuff coming in and they've got to adjust what what exists based on what's what's coming in new. And they're already needing to update the uh the, the pdfs and and all of that so i think just um they have to even if they're even if they weren't planning on it or they don't feel they need to um you know they feel that it's in a good spot which you know they, they have to i just don't see how how they don't there's there's it's like um i'll put it it's, it's like when you're a mechanic and you're you you've got to break open you know you got to change out something underneath where you got to take the whole engine out to change like a mounting bracket and you're not going to change out a washer that's connected to it or something like that like if you're already doing all the work of having to republish everything having to get everything reapproved by by disney and all that or LucasArts or whoever does the approving you know minus one just do everything else because you're gonna have to do it again at some point yeah that makes sense to me the uh reason luke has a very spe specific loadout number is that it currently allows him to take instinctive aim proton torpedoes and r2d2 so you can fly trench run luke but now that there is an official trench run luke we could see changes to the Red 5 Luke, which could be post, right? He was Red 5 for quite a while, you know? Um, I'm not sure if he, yeah, they called him Red 5 in um, Empire Strikes Back, right? I believe oh, so. Oh, Empire? I don't know. Did they use call signs or were they just calling each other by name? I guess he just, he called Dak Dak, but like, he was like talking to some I, dude I, in his ship, I so. I think, I think in the Snowspeeders, they all referred to each other for the call signs for Rogue. Oh, like it was So rogue. they were already Rogue Squadron by then, is what you're saying. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay. So I've got a, uh, Interesting. a question in the same realm, but with a little bit more um, tinfoil hat. So... You know, it, I, I think it's no secret that, you know, they point out the stuff that they don't want you to play thematically. Uh, hello, generics. Do you guys think that they will purposely make the ships that, are, that have a standard loadout option, like the Luke, like the Han Solo, make the you know build your own x-wing um version less good purposely to make the standard loadout ones more attractive and make right. you play those like because they're already kind of forcing us to play 
named pilots and they're forcing us to play like the named pilots that have like the most um sure uh, i think appeal most uh non-x-wing player appeal like you know i want to play the vader vader's good i want to play luke luke's good <laughs> you know sure i mean that makes sense i mean it's pretty obvious like what is good versus like what is bad I've, there's like you know big gap in the middle right where things are like okay like flyable right but like it's a pretty easy lever to pull just like from good to bad really fast right uh, i mean you give luke four loadout points and all of a sudden like is like not even a uh a consideration uh compared to his standard loadout i'll call it um the standard loadout luke so i mean and obviously they want to kind of promote the new scenario pack so maybe a, a, a competitive uh, pilot or two from that pack would be enough to like maybe sell a couple extra copies so i wouldn't see it as crazy that they would push those scenario quick builds uh to the front line of the competitive scene how how they want to do that is going to be interesting to me do they make them like a whole squad point cheaper or do they raise the price of the old ones or do they just to your point lower the the lower yeah. value because i can see uh again uh not not putting a nefarious you know intent behind their actions but but i can see it just from from a you know talking to their bosses standpoint being like hey you know the stuff that we created pat in the back it just won a tournament it's like oh people, people are like flying it, it. People, people seem to really it. like and it it's, and it's winning <laughs> tournaments and every it's on the table everywhere right, uh, people right. are buying it's flying off the shelf i don't think we're i don't uh, think we're naive enough to realize i like new stuff very few new things go uh what do i say go down on arrival points yeah very few that most, most things go up in points the yeah. longer it's been out so i mean i don't know if that's again like and in, exactly intentional but you know they want to see the new stuff do well so i could i could see it i don't think that they're gonna i mean ryan do you think that they're gonna change things not related to quick builds like anything in separatist anything like that oh I, it's tough to say because this is the first one we're getting right and they they said after i believe they said after the most recent points update that kind of came a little bit before or also included the z95 clone z95 and the rogue starfighter that anything after that point would not be big wholesale changes uh, most of them if anything would be tweaks it should be small shifts after that not large ones uh, at least for the foreseeable future. But they didn't say when. They didn't say how often. So, uh, like I believe it was mentioned, if they say, all right, we're, we got this coming out, we're going to have to release points for it, whether we put it on a separate PDF or standardized pilots or whether they just put it in a section with the rest of the ship chassis that would match it for the points uh, PDFs, um, they could just say, you know what? We got to update this. Let's take a quick pass on anything that we believe is egregious on either end of the spectrum, right? Like, for as much as we would like to see less effect on the game as the FO, the, the Fomber's carrying chaff and prox mines, 
there's on the other end of the spectrum where the Thai brutes are just abysmal right now. <laughs> and they, it'd be nice if the cool uh, ship that is the Thai brute at least physically looks cool to me and has the, the rotating gun. Like, yeah, we got the opposable stuff, man. You got to make that stuff good. Um, you know, so there's, there's both ends of the spectrum. They could attack a little bit, right? Or they could just say, there's just something egregious we need to take care of now. We're just going to do take care of this one thing, and we're going to call it good. We're not going to worry about, you know, boosting anything up. We're going to just take 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 that power curve that something's going up with, like, a little higher and everything else, just, like, rein it in a little bit with, this, with the same curve everything else is at. Um, so, or they just, this is not the time for it. We're just doing the standardized thing. So we'll see. Uh, this is a bit of a tangent, but speaking of Beta of Yavin, have they come out and said that, like, you need to fly the standardized ships in that scenario? Or that's, like, recommended or anything like that? I think the, ru the rule set gives you instructions that include the standardized ones, but we haven't seen the – at least that's what they've said. So Okay. TBD, right, like, I think, I, is the answer. I don't to that know question. if it's a spoiler or not, but Han Solo coming in halfway through the fight. Uh, of, I mean, I know. What? I, I, I'm sorry to ruin the movie for everybody, oh. but uh, and also the scenario. But uh, I mean, I, I assume I. I mean, if I don't own a Falcon, can I even play this scenario of them? Can I? Can that just be Dash or Hera coming in halfway through the battle? I mean, AMGs traditionally like do do whatever you need to do, kind of people. Right. But I don't know if they heard anything official. What do you think? Uh, did Did you uh, hear I anything, heard anything? Okay. Yeah, not sure on that. My assumption would be is it's designed around the ships that it, they that the pack comes out with, since the scenario itself, as far as we're aware, is designed just for the enjoyment of playing the thematic. Uh, trench run itself and them translating it to the game of x-wing um so beyond that point i would assume it's 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 self-contained designs so they only have to worry about everything that's in the pack no other outside forces and how they would affect the scenario mm -hmm. all right friends well with that if you don't want to hear any potential spoilers for Andor. Um, this is your time to walk away. There's an opportunity, and your opportunity is now over. My friends, what is something that you would like to see either in the show that could maybe bounce into X-Wing or something that you've seen in a trailer where you're like, I need that in my life? Go. I got two minutes left on the trailer, so I'll join back in in a second. All right. I'm, so, I'm watching it now. Sounds um, good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take like a weird detour. Detour, please. Not away from the topic, but um, I'm going to tell you what I don't want to see. And I actually saw a, a, a relevant, uh, whether it was a news quote or article posting, about either the director, the writer, whoever, uh, people who helped create Andor. Mm -hmm. One of their main focuses, and I, I appreciate this, is they don't want to just shove fan service or cameo stuff into it to get people happy about Andor. 
They want it to like Rogue One minus some of the Vader stuff, which Vader stuff's still really cool in Rogue One. But they want it to be something that can... Ha- everything has a, a true good purpose to service the story around Andor and everything related to uh, like it, building him up and his story within the Rebel Alliance. Before the Rebel Alliance, all these things that we're going to be learning about how some of the early rebel alliance interactions with the imperials and like a lot of what the trailers have shown all this uh political stuff that we've never really seen before how coruscant is now i don't need vader in that again i don't need um like Skywalker's here again, like somehow, some way type. He, I know he wouldn't be, but you know what I mean. Like, I I think the most I expect to see from like original movie cast is like Leia and Mon Mothma, but like she didn't have like a big role. She was just in right. Episode six. So, um, I I want to I want this to kind of stand alone on its thing, but and stay within the Star Wars universe so that we can enjoy some of the new characters that we are on this ride with Andor basically. Yep. Yeah, I think I think this show has the boss the possibility to be the most movie-esque version of Star Wars that we've had in a show form. Because even though, like, lo- right, like Love Mandalorian, uh, Boba Fett was a fun ride, uh, but they still they they're definitely built to be TV shows versus this. Yeah. Even just from the trailers, I'm like, this is a movie. I mean, they, uh, they meant to shoot yeah. it like Rogue One. It was on yeah. purpose. They had to get the look and the feel similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, my. Probably my only complaint of Obi-Wan was it was constantly reminding me that this is just a TV show. Like, uh, the epic battle um, is, it means nothing, so it's not really a spoiler. But the epic battle is in, like, a very real-world-esque uh, industrial place. I don't know if it's a refinery or a quarry or what they were doing there. Probably a quarry, I guess. But, like, that was... it was very real like they didn't need to make that set right mm-hmm. um and it felt a lot like that though like once they got away from the main city um things did not feel very star warsy because i have to assume the the low budget they couldn't make their own sets and they right. but they did want to be outside so they didn't really really use the screen or whatever what they call it uh the high gonk gonking up here um that thing is called the volume yes yes but no everything i've seen from andor looks like like it could have just been a three-part movie if they wanted to marcel thoughts Mar- Marcel, I think uh, we uh, actually the people cannot hear you because I, I think, think they're called dual laser turrets. I think, I think you, uh, you, <laughs> you left. Hold on, because you left and came back, uh, and it changes the URL of your video stream. There you go. I am. So yeah, no, they, they were. Uh, can they hear me now? 
They can hear you now. Marcel asked, did I just see twin laser turrets? And the answer is Yeah, I mean, probably was, not. I mean that looked very twin laser tourist. And that was like a 360 arc. I mean, that, that looked like a very 360 arc to me. <laughs> I don't know. That, I, looked- I screamed a little bit. Like, I had like a like an audible yelp when that happened in the in the trailer, That the ship spinning with that laser. I think, were we having that conversation on yeah. Saturday, Will? Mm-hmm. Where we it were was talking just about like, they looked like uh, the lats, uh, ball cannon, yeah. uh, lasers were more more of a solid beam than like a, a single blast. Lightsaber lasers, almost, yeah, yeah. Ha. Maybe just a space version of the uh, the solid green beam lasers from the ball turrets on the lat. Yeah, exactly. Just in red because we're more extreme Empire ship. But actually a rebel ship, because I think that guy's a spy. But we'll find out in two days. (laughs) I think green means like higher quality uh, or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Better Tabana gas and like red lasers. That's why the rebels shoot red lasers because they're not as good for whatever reason. Not as. I don't really understand how Tabana gas equals lasers, but whatever. Sure. It also it's, powers their hyperdrives. Uh, I'm not really sure. It's just a miracle catch-all. Tabana gas. It p- runs Star Wars. Star Wars runs it's, on Tabana it's, gas. It's the Star Wars diesel. Apparently, it'll just do anything. Um, but yeah, you're asking about uh, like a wish list. Yeah. What What is something you want to see? Ooh. Um, I'm trying to think of something that's not like like a fan service or weird cameo or something. Cause I do think that like, if they want to be like taken seriously, they can't, um, you know, I really like she Hulk, but they can't have just like a star of the week come in and, right. you know, it's tell, a different tell, type of show. It has a different purpose, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's like a serial law drama. This is like a very serious, like war movie was, mm-hmm. or a spy movie. Really? really right. It's not war yet. This is guerrilla warfare. Uh, spies and so like that is um kind of what i'm looking for it might be a, like a weird request but like i kind of want to see like evil cassian where like uh but the character who changes him is actually k2so like uh and k2so like um i'm imagining he's being like cassian's being pulled by scarsgard in a very like ruthless and like uh, manner, but like at some point along the adventure, K2SO could come bring some like a comedy element and like takes Cassian out of that like real like hardcore war mind frame and then you know uh, kind of opens him up. Uh, but like that was one of the most like like shocking scenes at the beginning of Rogue One is when Cassian's like very politely and like very heartfelt talking to this guy. He's like, I want to help you, we're all in the rebellion. And the guy's like, oh, we're going to get caught. He's like, I'm not going to get caught. Uh, <laughs> like, sorry, dude. So I got a broken hand or a leg or whatever. But like, I got things to do, man. Peace. Yep. Um, like that it was brutal. And Jin kind of does it in that movie where like mm-hmm. she like convinces him that like, you know, this is like a war. But like if we're no better than the enemy, what are we really fighting for? Right. So I, I kind of want to see the like the beginning of that spectrum mm-hmm. when he's uh, super. Uh, not sure of a great way to describe it, but uh, other than like ruthless, you know. Yeah, so, I mean that. Go ahead, Marcel. No, go, go ahead. 
Go ahead. I was so, going to say mine, but after you. So for me, what I want to see, we already know that Forrest Whitaker's in it as Saul Guerrero. We know that Saul Guerrero ends up being called an extremist in the rebellion. Um, if we're going to see him, what I kind of expect is to see Cassian participating in some type of mission uh, with the uh, the partisans, right? Because they are they are an early part of the rebellion, but they're shunned because they're too extreme. Um, but it's it's a it's a great opportunity to see that group like at their strongest. Like we get to see it a little bit if you if you got to play Jedi Fallen Order, you get to meet meet the partisans and meet Saw Gerrera while they're you know while, while they're they're doing their thing. But in cinema. This is going to be our first chance to see that. Yeah, I, I I definitely agree with you. Like they they just seem like some like backwoods like rednecks just hanging yeah. out in some cave. You know what <laughs> I mean? Just like like oh yeah, let's drag you out to our cave. We're we're playing some uh, three dimensional uh, hollow chess or jerk. I was like, we're playing real, real jerk, painting my miniatures myself. Uh, and like, uh, but they, yeah, they don't seem like, like intimidating or scary or like actually like terrorists. You just like hear that they do stuff. You never actually see. Well, I guess they did attack the empire in the street, but at that point, anybody attacking the empire, is not really out right. of place. So what I would like to see is actually what I would like to not see. I would be super happy if in the entire season one, at least season one, I, do, I don't see a single lightsaber. Uh, I don't want to see a lightsaber. I don't want to see Jedi. Uh, they can talk about them. They can reference them. But I, I don't want this to become uh, a wait, wait for the loop to pop up or, you know, something like that. Just... Um, no Jedi, and and I'm what I, w I would love to to to, to see gritty. Uh, maybe about two months ago or three months ago, Disney finally gave like a password for parental um, control. Like you, you have yeah. to put in your your four digit to to see things that are above PG thirteen or whatever it is. I want. I would love for this show to skirt the edge of 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 that of that. Like you know, of course it's Star Wars, so you don't want to you know take it away from kids. But I wanted to like really hover on that edge of like this is not you know kids can watch it, but you know there's shows that kids can watch, but they don't quite understand like the deeper meaning or the deeper. You know, there's like a something deeper in there for, for a more mature mind. It doesn't have to be blatant. It doesn't have to be gruesome. Uh, it, you know, it, it can just be implied, and somebody who's older and more mature can be like, you know, I know what they're referencing, and I know, and it goes back into that, to that, um, and into the the reality and the 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 reality of war you know like like you know every time i i i, I think of fallout you know the, the game fallout fallout one mm -hmm. two three four five six seven where the, where 
it i forgot how it always starts but it always starts something like war is ugly or something like that like war. I forgot. War, war never changes yeah something like that yeah you got it like that type of you know showing the the impact of war not just the impact of war of people dying but the impact of war on on the soul on the you know war changes people and i would you're almost, and it you're obviously almost changes cassie and andor and I, and you know william was talking about it earlier but i want to see that i want to see that psychological impact that it has on cassian on you know just i just i just want to i want a, a platoon star wars <laughs> Right. Well, see. yeah. I mean, not, I, not extreme, I, I think yeah. Clone Wars did like serious war topics while, you know, not showing blood and guts and gore and, you know, uh, other more mature things that you can put in a children's show. Like, I think you could still have that, but like not, you know, have like heads getting blown off or whatever yeah, you, don't, you don't need to go full game of thrones on it it's, no you could just, <laughs> just imply it could be implied and it could be you can see the right. impact without seeing the right what the act. That impact. Yeah. yeah exactly. right yeah they line a bunch of guys up for a firing squad like you don't have to show the dude actually getting shot like but like because you know like you can just it's scarier to imagine it right they it i i've always thought the the scarier things in movies and TV shows is what they don't show you. Uh, like uh, like Jaws, right? They don't show Jaws, the shark, for so long, and that makes them scarier. Mm -hmm. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Uh, somebody, uh, first-time caller, had mentioned maybe, you know, you had said no lightsabers, no Jedi. Um, I doubt it, but also no Mandalorians. You know, just kind of separating that. I mean, because we are pre- so Sabine is around, right? I'm sorry, trying to get my timing. Sabine's around. Ahsoka is technically around. Mm -hmm. Hera and is Ka Ka uh, Cass Cannon Cannon's around. Kanan. Yeah, Kanan. yeah. Well, As maybe not. Depends. Depends uh, exactly how far back. <laughs> we're, how far we're back? Going. Right, right. I mean, but pretty close. I mean the. The timeline to me is that Assault on Chopper Base is very close to Rogue One and A New Hope. Mm -hmm. Assault on Chopper Base was like, no, that was at the end of season four, wasn't it? Because then they, they, oh, they spent the whole last season at Yavin Base, though, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure end of season three was Assault on Chopper Base. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Then yeah, they spent a whole season at Yavin Base, which could have only been like a year, maybe you know, up to four years before A New Hope. But I thought they the, those were pretty close together. So that means that all the stuff that Sabim did for Mandalore, with against Garsax and against all of, uh, um, you know, uh, the House Ren and mm -hmm. things like that, that would have all happened pretty much before Cassian then. Yeah, so those are some possibilities of I know I know we're we're talking about not necessarily having set fan service, but those are some characters that might end up intersecting. I honestly would not surprise would not be surprised by some type of Ahsoka insert just because there she's getting her own show. Like that's that wouldn't be surprising to Ooh, me. They they did cast Sabim and Ezra as well. 
So they could have announced those because those actors would want to, you know, say that they're in, uh, what do I want to say, uh, in Cassian. Yeah. And, and I would, and I, I, I will also say that I will be, I would be okay if they don't show up as well. Like, I think, I think it's okay because the Star Wars is a big war and some, we, you know, it, it compartmentalizing it is okay. I think separate, giving it some support. Do, do you have like a really, the, the, the most random cameo they could have in Cassian? Uh, Dr. Uh, Avazin? Yes. Not Afra. Avazin. Avazin. Just, just uh, another he's in Rogue One, though. I know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It'd be random because oh, okay. because oh. he just like shows up again, like the same thing. I it's got like, the death sentence on eight bones. Yeah, this is the exact same thing. <laughs> I mean, you're probably going to get some of the um, top brass from. I mean, I would mean, they do Turkin again? Would they CG Turkin a, well, a second time? I'm not talking would about they get Krennic back, maybe? I was saying top brass from the, from the rebels, like some of the, oh. some of the you know, Mon Moth, Moth, Mon Moth, Akbar, Akbar, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, they they could put in people like that. I mean, it's their timeline, and it's when they're you know, there's not a yeah, at least on film, there's not a whole lot about them. Mm. Uh, maybe they're the ones that are pointing Cassian and his crew, or you know, they're the ones that are. Directing like go do this, go do that. The antagonist. Again, I, I'd much rather just. I, I'd like this to be its own little thing. That's part of what I liked about. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think one. it's gonna be little. It's got thirteen episodes. If I saw the schedule right, it's thirteen episodes, and we start off with three. They're giving us the first three that's, for free, and they're putting us on that drip after that. That's so, hours <laughs> and hours of content, though, because they're like. About an hour, 40 minutes to an hour, something like that. They're not like 20-minute episodes or anything like that, right? Um, have we gotten – I'll look I, up the run I don't, times. I don't, know, I don't know what the but run I, times are. I didn't think it was going to be like a half-hour show or nothing like that. So, like, these are – like, each episode is going to be like half a movie. I'm That's in, a I'm lot in. of content to go through. I'm in. Whatever it is. I'm go. It's going to be a good time. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Let's have a good time. All right. Well, that's it for us tonight here at GSP. Before we let you go, we want to let you know that we do have two brand new t-shirt designs in the shop. If you want a t-shirt, it's your opportunity to scoop it up. One of them being the oops, all blanks shirt inspired by a conversation that we had. Get it in many different colors, whatever floats your boat. We also have the Heroic Squadron, Pursuit Squadron, and one of my personal favorites, the Death Pizza t-shirt. I personally like it in navy blue. Thanks for watching, everybody. Be smart. Be safe. Gold Squadron out.